The Tudor History and Travel Show is a podcast that brings Tudor history to life by exploring Tudor places and artefacts in the flesh. You will be travelling through time with Sarah Morris, the Tudor Travel Guide, uncovering the stories behind some of the most amazing Tudor locations and objects in the UK. Because when you visit a Tudor building, it is only time and not space which separates you from the past. And now over to your host, Sarah Morris. Hello, it's Sarah, the Tudor Travel Guide here. Welcome to this month's episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. This is just a note to say that if you are hearing this, then you are not currently part of my membership programme and will only be hearing the first part of each show. In order to access full episodes of the Tudor History and Travel Show, you will need to become a member of my membership site, the ultimate guide to exploring Tudor England via the link in the description associated with this podcast. Well, it's August and that is traditionally a time where I try and take a little bit of a step back from the Tudor Travel Guide and rest and replenish ahead of the autumn season when there is going to be a lot of new things that I will be working on as ever. And it's been a busy old year. To think back, of course, we've had the summit, which was wrapped around the Tudor history of coronation. And then, of course, the launch of my new, new, new membership, the ultimate guide to exploring Tudor England. And I've been putting a lot of time and effort into building that content library. And more recently, of course, I've just come back from my travels to Madrid to explore Renaissance Madrid. It was my first ever collaboration here at the Tudor Travel Guide, which was very exciting. But most importantly, it really got me curious to learn more about 16th century Spanish royal history particularly the lives and times, of course, of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, who was forever in a, that menage a trois with Henry VIII and Francis I. And then later, of course, his son, Philip II of Spain, husband of, of course, Mary Tudor at one point. It was just wonderful. As ever, I got the same kick and the excitement and thrill to go and stand in some of the places that they would have known, particularly that fabulous Renaissance palace, El Escorial, which is the largest Renaissance palace in the world, built by Philip II, and in so many ways, just largely untouched. It's a real time capsule. And of course, to see some of the objects that they would have known and that were intimately, personally associated with these two kings, such as the magnificent armory, which contained tens, if not hundreds of pieces of armour and horse trapping and saddles belonging to each of these two monarchs. And then, of course, there is the Gallery of the Royal Collection, which has just opened this summer, uh, just opposite the Royal Palace in the centre of Madrid. The Royal Collection is absolutely vast, as you might imagine. It contains thousands of objects and around six or 700 of those are currently on display in this fabulous, slick, minimalist gallery. 
um, and I had a wonderful time exploring particularly the part of the gallery related to the 15th and 16th centuries and seeing some of the very personal objects relating to both Catherine of Aragon's parents, Ferdinand and Isabella, and also, of course, to Charles V and Philip II. So anyway, I have been posting some of the video content and the photographic content that I took while in Madrid in my Instagram and it gives me a chance actually to give my Instagram a little bit of a shout out which I haven't done for a while. If you're not on Instagram but you fancy keeping up with the Tudor Travel Guide's travels and adventures then Instagram is the best place to be and you can find me at just simply the Tudor Travel Guide. Okay, well, with that done, I think it is time to turn our attention to today's podcast. And we are heading off into rural Suffolk to visit a building which, as I say in my introduction, I've known for a few years now. And as our guide tells us, is one of international significance and importance. Well, you'll hear all about that in the podcast, along with some spooky ghost stories. So if you love your ghost stories, this one may well be for you. I must admit, it gave me a few chills when I was there on site as our guide was telling me about the ghosts that roam the corridors of Otley Hall. Well, welcome, dear listeners. I find myself deep in rural Suffolk at a house I was first introduced to quite a few years ago, certainly pre-lockdown. I came to an invitation to view to see Otley Hall, which is such a special Tudor house. Perhaps you would never realise how important its history is, particularly to those of you who are tuning in from the US. And I can't wait to bring you that story. Now, of course, as ever, I have a guide for today, a very special guide. May I introduce Louisa? Hello, Louisa. Hello. Hi. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I'm, very fu- I'm very well. I must admit, it's slightly disappointing, isn't it? Because we're mid-May and we've got thunderstorms. Oh, and yeah. We've got so rain. atmospheric in here right now. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) And we are talking right at the moment in what was once the great hall of this Tudor house. And I'm going to ask you about the house and its history and the stories in Mm -hmm. a moment. Absolutely. But first, I'm sure our listeners would love Mm -hmm. to find out who you are and what's your relationship to (laughs) That's a very big question. Um, Basically, in 2020, uh, my ex-husband now um we moved in here as a family um we were originally going to do up a very old building uh, about sort of 40 minutes away but we decided to go for this instead um and it's been a real journey um (laughs) the otley hall is the most beautiful building um it is very magical it has a real sense of ambience and history um and it's an important building as well. It's not just as a, as a family home, but it really is a very important, internationally important house. Um, would you like me to tell you a little bit more? <laughs> well, I would. Now, you were just saying to me before we started the recording that you have a background. You've been at Christie's. You, yeah. you love your history. Clearly. Yeah, I absolutely. Uh, I'm fascinated with history. I particularly like furniture and architecture. So for me, 
um, coming here was a real dream come true. Um, as a little girl, I really, I loved buildings like this and I still do. Um, we spend most weekends looking for ruins and... <laughs> uh, that sounds like my childhood. <laughs> everyone but it is for us and my children get dragged around quite often to stuff so um but yes yeah, so we we moved here and it has been in private um ownership for a very very long time and we knew about the history of the building and we really wanted to share that because you know it, it has such an important history it hasn't got landed gentry um but they are related to royalty, I think Edward III. Um, but the Gosnolds were incredibly ambitious, um, exciting. It's kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> intrepid. Yes, but... intrepid. Yeah, yes. lovely. So, I mean, I totally applaud you. It's so wonderful. And I've been watching you on Instagram sort of take hold of Otley Hall and start to do things with it. And I can see your hand at play in bringing this and opening it up to Trying more Trying to more make people. it alive and accessible, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are lots and lots of buildings like this that are hidden away and you can't get in to see them. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, okay, so let's, um, now we know a little bit about you. Um, I would love to just orientate us so that people who are not familiar mm -hmm. with UK geography know exactly where we are. So yes. can you tell us where we are in England? Back end of nowhere. No, <laughs> we are very sort of rural, middle of Suffolk, I would say. It's probably the best dynamic of this. Um, Suffolk, in the period that this building was built, was incredibly important and wealthy. Um, places like Lavenham, Long Melford, all had a massive um, sort of background in wool. And most of the churches are huge as well. So it kind of gives you an idea of the amount of money that was coming out of Suffolk. Yeah. Um, the Gosnells were particularly lawyers and they were very sort of high up in the hierarchy in terms of Tudor establishment. Okay. Um, so they knew very big key figures such as the Earl of Essex, Cardinal Wolsey. Everybody knew everyone. <laughs> I can imagine. So we're about how far out of London? About an hour and a uh, half? An hour and a half, I would say. Sort yeah. of northeast of London. That's right. In yeah. what was East Anglia area. So, That's right. Um, yeah. So I think hopefully that will give people who, as I say, are not so familiar with uh, UK geography a little idea of where we are. And it really is in the middle of nowhere because... You, <laughs> Even in today's terms, yes. <laughs> you come down a beautiful tree line, little quiet yes. lane, and then you're hidden. It's almost like an enclave surrounded by beautiful, mature trees. I'm sure trees. it's busier now I've open this place up as opposed to probably what it was 10 years ago but you know what it's important that this building is financially secure in itself of course at the end of the day having a building like this you know it's, it's an absolute pleasure um, and a dream but you are custodians and it will carry on way beyond our lifetime if we can make this work as a business as well, as yes. a home, yes. then it means that it has got security, yeah. which is important. So I would just say to those folk who are listening, there will be, as ever, be a show notes page associated with this podcast. So we'll be taking some pictures. So mm -hmm. do make sure that you check out the link associated um, in the description associated with this podcast that will take you over to the show notes page and perhaps you can look at some of the images as Louisa and I are going around and telling the story of the Tudor Gosnolds. Yeah. 
Now, if somebody comes up to the house, what are they actually going to see in front of them? So the way that the, the map is right now, um, the front of the house was really the back. Um, the front door was originally a spiral staircase going upstairs and things were changed slightly in the 1920s. I think Pevsner in his architectural book really did say that this is still one of the most intact manoral homes in Suffolk, if not in the UK. So things haven't really changed very much. Um, the fundamentals are still very much here. Um, the front of the house is the back. <laughs> And when you're sort of looking out um, in what is now our rose garden, that would have been the front of the house. Right. Um, so, yeah, you would have come and accessed the property in a completely different way. Three ranges around a central courtyard. That's right, yeah. yeah. So almost the Elizabethan E. Yes. But not quite. Not in quite. This case. No. <laughs> or and, C. <laughs> and, and you mentioned the entrance had the King's Road going. So what, that would have been, what, to Ipswich? Or where, where was the nearest? So. so that would have taken you through Otley. Um, but that was a main road coming into the hall. Um, there used to be a more of a moat than there is now, but the Gosnells were massively fined for being royalists during the Civil War. And that is effectively how the Gosnells lost their property ah. because of status and everything and the fines took it away from them. Oh, so we'll probably come back <laughs> yes. and just round up that story at some yeah. point. So it's what, part timber frame, part stone? Part timber, part brick. Um, that's right. And yeah, it's a very traditional Tudor. And built maker. when? Um, so we've had um, foundations here since the 12th century. Um, it was known as Netherhall. Um, so there has been something here since, since medieval times. This part of the building that we're in now, which is the Great Hall and the Linenfold Parlour, would have been 15th century. And then the other wing that you can kind of see out of the window is 16th. Right. Yeah. OK, so we are right plumb in the time period that we all salivate over. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, yeah. I remember first walking into this particular room and going, wow, wow, wow. Because yeah, as, as it, it? yeah, it's a it's a mini great hall. Amazing at Christmas, I can tell you, Sarah. I, I can imagine <laughs> it is. And you've got this beautiful. I may not get the correct terminology, but it's a rich patterned sort of oak covering the walls, the panelling, the great beams in the ceiling. And what I really love is you've still got the outline of the screens passage, which yeah, is amazing. It is amazing. I mean, obviously, you can see the gaps in between the timbers, but effectively, this is how it would have looked yeah. 500 years ago. Yeah. And you quite do incredible. get... I, I can totally see why you're saying Christmas time. It must be lovely when you've got... It's the, cold, the, but it, it's very atmospheric. I yeah. was just going to say, with the fire <laughs> roaring in the grate, it would be lovely. layers, yes. <laughs> OK. <laughs> um, but yes, it's an amazing um, ceiling and all of the... Um, cornices have the most amazing um, symbolism carved into them. Um, you've got roses and various bits that really sort of sing of yeah. Tudor times, basically. Yeah, and you can see these great big cross beams that support the roof um, have been here from the beginning. They just are spectacular. And they, if you look at them, they're still as solid now as they were then, I'm sure. They really are. They really are. 
So great things happened in this room. You mentioned this house has international significance and so it does. And we've been Mm -hmm. hinting at that. And you've mentioned the name of the family, the Gosnells. So maybe that's where we should go next. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Gosnolds. You said they were lawyers. What else do we know about them? So the Gosnolds had a very particular intrepid adventurer or explorer in their midst. Um, He clearly didn't like being stuck at a desk. Um, (laughs) I can understand that, actually. Um, He was very interested in law. I believe he went to Cambridge and he was very interested in travel and exploring, um, particularly the New World. And a group of them decided that they would like to go and explore um, on the Godspeed, which was his ship. He owned the ship. I believe there was a cap. There was a contingency of like-minded like a fellows. Cartel of yes, <laughs> yes. And I, th- I think they did know Walter Riley, so there was um, there was a real contingency at that point of people that wanted to see what there was out there. Yeah. It's fascinating new age. So what years are we talking about here when this intrepid fellow started making his plans? So we're, we're looking really the late 1500s. Um, you're almost kind of on the cusp of Elizabeth I passing away after a very long reign and then moving into James I. Right, OK. So, so was he head of the family here or was he one of the sort of, you know, I don't know, brothers? Or... There were various houses in this area. Um, the estate is much smaller than it was then. It's been broken up in recent years, but, well, not recent years, probably 300 years ago, but um, there were various Gosnolds in this area and they seem to have spread far far and wide. (laughs) I bet they did. (laughs) Um, So, yes, they they planned the whole trip, or that's the story, that they planned that trip in this room. In this very room. So what dates are we talking about here, Louisa? So the, the expedition was very much in the early 1600s, 1602. Um, and the plan was to do, you know, sort of what we would have now classed as the kind of Boston area, Martha's Vineyard, Cape Cod. And it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating story. Martha's Vineyard is actually named after Bartholomew Gosnell's child, little girl that passed away here when she was three. Um, and hence why our cafe outside is now called... Martha's Barn. Oh, how sweet. Um, That's such a lovely yeah, story. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing because uh, as a family, we spent a lot of time in Boston. I've lived in Boston as well prior to living here. So it's, uh, yeah, wow. You've got some incredible ties. This place, <laughs> yes. this place has been calling you in, hasn't <laughs> Apparently it? Apparently so. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I think what, was, what is really interesting is, is this voyage that founded Jamestown, right? Yes, the that's first, right. Yeah. Yep. I'm not an expert on this part of Tudor stroke Jacobean history because I have to confess that I am a Tudor lover. Yes, I know. And as soon (laughs) as you get into the Jacobean period, my interest suddenly starts to wane. (laughs) However, I do think it's interesting that the the voyage that you've just been telling us about predated the whole Mayflower thing, right? Which is not widely known at all, is it? No. So that's why, you know, I'm here talking to you because I think this is such an important fact. Um, You know, we are all given this sort of Bible of history, aren't we? And you can look at so many books and this is just not even mentioned. And I'd say that probably the vast majority of English folk... 
um, or anyone from Europe or, or the US would probably not know how important this building is because these guys really were the first to really make a permanent settlement in America. So they're the founding fathers. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> right. Shh, shh. <laughs> the worst secret now ever. <laughs> I, I feel we might be about to change the course of US history. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe not. But, however, facts remain facts, don't they? That yep. this voyage did occur and it did, it did predate the Mayflower yep. and they did found Jamestown. Yes. So do we know how long Bartholomew Gosnold was in Jamestown? I think it was, it was quite short-lived, actually. Um, he caught typhoid very early into the trip and didn't make it back to Suffolk. Oh. Um, sadly, goodness me! It must <laughs> but what a what a what a flag to put a, put there for his family. Um, amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, talk about burning brightly, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a star hurtling across the skies. Yeah, no quite quiet incredible. rural gentry life in the backwater of Suffolk. I, yeah, <laughs> what makes one decide to go off and do that? It wouldn't it be amazing to kind of find that out? And I mean, <laughs> you know, at least now when we travel, by and large, most of us know what we're going to, right? Yeah. They wouldn't have yeah. had a clue, would they? What, no. <laughs> what waited for them? Not at all, yeah. How are they going to survive? Well, they, you know, they, they found um, American Indians there. I believe that somebody in the, in the team married Pocahontas and brought her back. So this was that same expedition. Um, and they brought her back to Kent, where she passed away. So it is, it's an incredibly important trip. And if you don't know about it, I thoroughly recommend you read about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll try and find some good links again and include yeah. them in the description yeah, so do. that people can follow up totally. um, if they're listening. So, um, Louisa, there was a second trip. I'm, I, I'm aware of that. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll try and dig out some information, maybe append that to the description, or maybe just people want to go and investigate, be their own intrepid explorer and go yeah. investigate a little bit more about that. I definitely recommend that. Yeah. It's quite a, quite a thing to read. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the family? What happened to them after this period? Well, they, they did very well, I think, for quite a long time as barristers and lawyers. Um, and really, the dynasty sort of ended during the Civil War. Um, one of the Gosnolds that lived here at that point was very behind the king, which probably makes sense because, you know, of all the history of the family and probably being very proud of themselves in the UK. Um, they were very much royalist, which is quite unusual for East Anglia, really, um, mm. given that Cromwell was from the Cambridge area. Of course. Right, OK. So they must have felt quite threatened by that. Very much. And we'll come back. Yeah. I think there's a little, a little architectural feature yes. that you're going to show yes. us as we explore the house. Yeah, now. Absolutely. We've been talking mostly, as I have said, from kind of the main sitting area, which mm -hmm. was the Great Hall area. Yes. And we have the low end with mm -hmm. the screens. Yeah. And we'll have some pictures in the show notes to show that off. And then at the high end, as I would expect, <laughs> there's a doorway that leads yeah. through into another room. And now I happen to know that this has a very special architectural feature in it. Do you want to tell yes. us all about it? So the Gosnells had a, a, a relationship or knew Cardinal Wolsey relatively well. He would have been very, very elderly <laughs> when this was injected into here. Um, the panelling is supposed to have come from Hampton Court and Cardinal Wolsey was wanting to put it into his 
grammar school that he was going to create in Ipswich, which never quite happened. Mm. I think he died before that could actually happen. Yeah. Um, so, so, the, but, so, so in a very territorial way, <laughs> the Gosnells had the panelling here and made good use of it. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's amazing to think. I know this is a, a story and we don't have any evidence yeah. that this is the case. Uh-huh. And sometimes myths and legends can build up. We don't know, but it's certainly It's beautiful. certainly been dated to the right period. It's the right, um, yeah. Absolutely. And the quality of the carving and the symbolism on it is so incredibly rare and beautifully done. Um, it's hard not to argue with it, really. <laughs> it is beautiful. And, and having been to Hampton Court Palace and seen some of the, the Woolsey closet, the panelling in the Woolsey closet, you know, it's of the same sort of beautiful quality. Um, you mentioned sort of any, the symbolism in it. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, <laughs> I don't really know too much about it, but there are some various bits and pieces in here scientific instruments scrolls pencils but it's a real hunting game so you have to go around each single panel do you yeah i mean and because it's quite dark in here it's difficult to sort of to sometimes pick it out in this light yeah but for each of those implements it's very much you know a a sign of the tudor times really science is a very big thing yeah having that sort of put into your wall shows that you're a very clever person. Henry Henry VIII was certainly very interesting. He had a number of scientific uh, instruments in his privy closet, um, which is, which... (laughs) So then it probably makes sense to have that sort of Hampton Court um, connection, really. Yeah, it's a... I mean, we're not just talking a small amount. I mean, this is a sizable room and you've got a complete set of panelling. It's it's really beautiful. It's my favourite room, actually. I really, really love this room. I can see why. You've got, it, you've got a rather magnificent blend of the new with the very old. It really works. Yes. I mean, we've, we've really, because obviously the house is trying to function in not just sort of doing coach tours and house tours, but we do weddings in here as well. And obviously it is our family home. So I love antiques, um, particularly furniture, but I also quite like the idea of adding something that's more recent to it. And that's really how that industry will probably continue anyway. Yeah. Interior-led, I suspect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what we've tried to do here. You have been listening to the first part of this month's episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. The remainder of this episode is only available to members of my membership site, The Ultimate Guide to Exploring Tudor England. To join the waitlist to become a member of The Ultimate Guide, click on the link in the description associated with this podcast. You will be added to the waiting list and I will email you just as soon as the doors to the membership next reopen. I'll see you there. for tuning in to today's episode of the Tudor History and Travel Show. If you've loved the show, please take a moment to subscribe, like and rate this podcast so that we can spread the Tudor love. Until next time, my friends, all that remains for me to say is happy time travelling. <laughs>